0: Is your teenager ready for adulthood? Can your teen make a doctor appointment, manage conflict with a roommate, book a plane ticket, deposit a check, apply for a job, or mail a package? Don't wait until high school graduation to teach your teen the skills they need to live on their own or with friends at college. In this episode, Terry and I interviewed Danika Kopp, a licensed clinical psychotherapist specializing in adolescent communication and development. Danika shares what parents need to do starting in elementary and middle school to make sure their teen successfully launches into adulthood when the time comes. It's a fun conversation where Terry and I both admit we've dropped the ball on some essential skills. Get your adolescent launching checklist along with some excellent advice on this episode. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Brainy Moms. I'm Dr. Amy Moore, here with my co-host, Terry Miller, coming to you again from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Our guest today is clinical social worker Danika Kopp. As a licensed clinical psychotherapist, Danika has over 25 years of experience working with adolescents. She's an expert in adolescent communication and development and counsels them through major life changes and struggles. Now, she's helping parents launch their teens to adulthood successfully.
1: Hi, Danica. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) So glad you are with us and talking about something that uh, I think most parents struggle with, how to help launch our teenagers. I think most parents, we just struggle with having teenagers at all. It's just really challenging. And then- Yeah, how to help them launch into adulthood and to to spread their wings and fly when one day they act like a child and the next day they want to be an adult and oh, it's a hard topic. So it is, it is. Yeah. Before we even get into all your, your work and your amazing advice, tell us your background, tell us your quick story and what brought you to where you are doing this work today sure thank you so um i am a licensed clinical social
2: worker so i have a bachelor's and master's degree both in social work was lucky that at 16 my parents had a foster child and i was like i want to do what the social worker does so i got into that right away um and i think when i graduated from college it was easy to go work with teenagers you know it was an area that i felt like i could be an expert in and when we graduate and we're going to go get our first career you want to feel like, okay, I'm not faking this. Like I I don't want to go work with parents when I'm not a parent, I'm a 22 year old kid, you know? So, um, I also hated being an adolescent so I could really resonate with like the pain points of being a teenager and feeling such on the outside and feeling like you're just never good enough. And just that really resonated for me. So, um, teenagers have kind of been my specialty and despite different, you know, job career changes I worked in the ER doing psych screenings. I've done home-based. I've done directing a foster care agency. I kind of always end up back with teenagers as kind of like who I want to be with. And so when I went into private practice 12 years ago, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do everybody. Anxiety, depression is my main things. And of course I work well with teenagers. So you see one teenager who likes you and then refers other people to you. And next thing you know, I have a caseload of teenagers. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, I, I've always kind of, Remained in that pain point that they they kind of sit in, and I think as I've seen the generations change, how much social media and the tech centric nature of our lifestyles really has changed the ability to be social. And so that's kind of what led me to all right. I, I got to help parents now because you know I'm helping 18 at a time, but I'm not helping a lot of teens, and I'm seeing more and more teens with no direction and a real level of social anxiety, but not because they're actually anxious. They're anxious because they just, they don't know what they're doing. And so it is scary. It's scary to go out and have to talk to an adult. It's scary to have to ask a job, you know, can I take a break? Like when I don't talk to people, how do I do that? Um, And these were natural skills that probably all three of us got growing up because we had a house phone. Hello? Oh, may I speak with Mrs. Bolak? Yep. one moment, please. Oh. Oh, sh- may I take a message? You know, we were naturally instructed on how to do that. It wasn't even like a skill, or you know, you know, hi, Mrs. Smith. Can Johnny come out and play today? You know, that's how we interacted, and so we naturally had those skills
1: to talk to people because you had to. <laughs> I definitely see that in my own teenagers and my older one, my older kids that are young adults that that was a big struggle. Yeah. Even yes. simple things like n- nobody ever called on the house phone, you know, it's, it didn't exist. And so simple things like, okay, buddy, you need to call and schedule that appointment. And yeah, you can just see the anxiety rise. What do I right? say? And and then he gets on the phone and they're asking things like, what's your birth date and what's your name? And he's like, uh, 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 you know, he just, he can't <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yep. But to
2: realize that, you know, we send these kids off to college and like residents life when there's an issue in their dorm and they need facilities to come out, isn't going to text them. They're going to call and say, what's the problem? Okay, what time works for you? So, you know, my sister works for BU. She's like, we have massive issues with getting in touch with people. And so we have parents calling us and we're like, yeah, we've been trying to reach your kid. Your kid doesn't answer the phone. Or you take your car in for service. You know, they're not going to text you to tell you what's wrong. They're going to call you and say, oh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Like, this could wait. This can't. What do you want to do? And so, uh, <laughs> you know, these things are not going to be text. They're, they're just not.
0: Well, and I noticed that, that teens don't always set up their voicemail. And so they don't. they're not going to know if they've been called unless they. Yes. Or who called yes. them if they don't set
2: exactly. that up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think normalizing, you know, and, and helping kids to start to, you know, make those appointments, you know, like you having your son, you know, my daughter's sophomore year, she was planning to go away to college, like not near me. So I was like, all right, come on over. I'm going to make your yearly physical appointment. I'm going to put it on speakerphone and I'm you're going to listen to me. And so it was kind of like an I do, we do, you do sophomore, junior, senior year. So junior year, we're going to call it together. And I said to the woman, you know, we're making my daughter's yearly physical appointment. She's here. I'm going to have her set it up you know, and, and so then, you know, okay, you know, what, what's your name, honey, you know, and looking at my daughter and she, you know, and I'm like, tell her your name, <laughs> what's your date of birth, <laughs> you, know, you know, your date of birth, right. And so yeah. then she had done it. And then, you know, taking her to the doctor and being like, you know, we, I prepared her, like, you know, what, what, what are your concerns? What do you want to talk to the doctor about? Let's make a list. That's what I do before I go to the doctor. And, and you know, I'm just kind of here because I have to, be because you're under 18, but you, you've got to be able to do this on your own. You got to know what your allergies are. You got to know what medical conditions that, you know, that run in our family because you're going to be asked that and God forbid you go to the ER from college, you're going to need to know these things.
0: Absolutely. So I want to back up just a little bit um, because we're talking about some specific examples and I can't wait to talk about lots (laughs) of specific examples, (laughs) but I want to talk about the general idea of launching our teens into adulthood. Right. And so what does that mean for parents who have preteens and teens that are thinking about this ahead of time, that need to be thinking about this ahead of time? What does that mean? So uh,
2: the sooner the better, you know, recognizing that the idea of a successful raising of a child means that that child leaves the nest and goes and lives independently. And I think parents nowadays really struggle with like, you know, at 18, is my kid really ready? And probably not which is why a lot of kids do go to college where there is kind of that built in safety net. But the idea that your child needs to be able to make decisions on their own. And how do you get them to that point where they can do that, where it's not mom, this happened, mom, not a, Oh, you know, I have two classes and they're 15 minutes apart and on opposite sides of the campus. Ah, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, like, how do we set our kids up to that's not a panic situation. Okay. So let's think about this. Like 15 minutes probably is not time because, You know, the college kind of schedules your classes, you know, freshman year. Perhaps you need to talk to your professors. Maybe we need to look at, like, do you need a bike? Like, you know, that there are things to do. But, like, to not always be solving our kids' problems. Because when we do that, when we do that in middle school and high school, they then expect, well, mom will fix it. And we want to create children, adults, young adults, who can problem solve, who don't feel like, oh, mom will do it. And I think that there's a level of us that don't like to see our children sit with discomfort. Of course not. But where does the most growth occur in life? When we are uncomfortable, when we hit a pain point, when we struggle through something. And so we need to allow our kids to have those struggles while they're in the safety net of our homes.
0: Absolutely. You know, and then this is one of those things that, you know, as parents, we don't realize... When our children have made poor decisions and our automatic thought is I am so mad at this child right now for making this decision, we need to take a step back and say did we teach them what they were supposed to have done in that moment? Yes. Right? Yes. So is this a is this a teaching opportunity? Right. Yes. Or is this an actual discipline opportunity? Right? I mean like it, it a lot of that is on us right? Because the whole idea of discipline is to teach our children.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we struggle a lot of us as parents from going from that like command and control type parenting to kind of shifting to that more like consultant type parenting, you know, where like, you know, I'm here to talk through things, but like, I want, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, you know, that I want you to kind of sort through what are your options? You know, what are the choices? I know with my own daughter, you know, you're going to have parties. So I want you to try alcohol here. What kind of alcohol do you want to try? I will let you try any alcohol under our roof. I will take you to the liquor store. I will buy you anything you want. You will try it in our house safely. And quite frankly, she found she didn't really enjoy alcohol. So when she got to college, she wasn't really uninterested. She'd had the opportunity. So great. <laughs> Check. <laughs> she didn't get into trouble. And I would say to her, like, you know, these are the concerns about drinking, you know, the the lack of being able to give consent, you know, your inability to make good decisions. And she's like, yeah, it's not, I'm not, it's not going to happen. And she didn't, she went to two parties and she, she was miserable. And I even was like, just go and I'll get, I'll pay for an Uber for me to come home when people get too drunk. Cause I want you to have that social part. She's like, I, I just, I have no interest. I have
1: no interest. So, you know, when. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm listening to this right now and thinking, oh my goodness, such intentionality. Like, whoa, I missed the boat with, I mean, I still have a lot of younger kids too. I've got two teenagers now and then three, even younger than that. And so, okay, it's not too late. Definitely missed this intentionality with the first three. However, I feel like, whoa, that's what I'm hearing. Listeners, are you, are you hearing that launching your teenager doesn't just happen. It's not haphazard. No. They're not going to just graduate high school and move out and kind of fly with wings like an eagle. Whoa, I'm hearing that <laughs> I've got to be intentional about teaching them some things. Yes, yeah. most definitely. So I have this funny
0: example. Um, my son, my oldest son, Kale, uh, when he went away to college, the first time he went in out of state. Right. So he went to California yes. and he got an eye infection. So he calls and says, what do I do? And I said, go to urgent care. And I looked up which urgent care in his area took our insurance. He goes to the urgent care. He gets the prescription. He takes it to the pharmacy, fills it, calls me and goes, mom, it was $126. What? No, it should have been $3. Wait, insurance, a, right? It's a $3 copay. Wait a minute mom knew to tell him you have to go to an urgent care that takes your insurance. Mom did Mm. not tell him you have to pick a pharmacy that takes your insurance. Did not occur to me, right? So I have to eat the $126, right? This is my fault. This is on me for not teaching my child, hey, only certain pharmacies take our insurance. Mm. Right. Right. And that insurance even covers medication. Right. 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 Right? So- Right. I mean, I learned the hard way that you can't be mad at your kid for something that you did not teach your kid.
1: Yeah. And that that they're clueless about. Yeah.
0: And we all were.
1: Oh my goodness. My, yeah. My firstborn he made, again, I I wasn't intentional. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. He was the Guinea pig, you know, but (laughs) all firsts are (laughs) Guinea pigs. Oh my goodness. And he made so many bad financial choices um, because he just didn't know like, like, okay, here's a, here's a funny story. This is kind of a financial and kind of just a responsibility choice, but um, he's super kind hearted and gentle and sweet spirit. So uh, an older woman um, like backing out hit him in a parking lot. Like he was there, like getting in the car, just getting out or something. I mean, like, bashed his car like broke the front headlight like it hurt the front like crumple you know and he tells her she's all I'm sorry and oh goodness what should we do do I need to pay for it and he's all oh you know it's an old crappy used car anyway I I paid like $1,800 for it don't worry about it you know it it cracked all this but the headlight's not broken you know whatever she drives away. That's it. I'm like, dude. Uh, and he just, he just didn't know he was yes. to that kind heart. And I never told him people have insurance insurance pays for things. Yeah. So his, his car was crunched and rusty and horrible, you know? So yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: All right. So um, I want to ask you a question. So you mentioned that neurodiverse kids are taught social skills that neurotypical kids aren't necessarily taught, but still need to know. How does that happen? So, you know, when you think about our kids who are on the autism spectrum, right, we do
2: a lot of social skill training with them. Now, that's a big part of treatment for them and IEP work and stuff like that. So they're getting a lot of that, like, look somebody in the eye, you know, How do you introduce yourself? Like, hi, I'm Danica, and I shake a hand. Like they're being trained in that because that's not something that is like um, intuitive for them in the same way. So we've worked really hard at developing social skills training for these type of children. And what we're now seeing is these children are great at it because they've been trained and rewarded for making strides in this. We're not giving our neurotypical, our regular kids any kind of training like this. And we expect them to still know how to do it, but they don't. So I, I just, you know, in talking to a, actually a very good, dear friend of ours, close family friend, she has two boys in the spectrum. And we were kind of talking about my program and she was like, you know, I always hear like how great my kids are at, you know, introducing and looking people in the eye. And I'm like, well, I mean, I, you know, we hammer that in every day. Like, you know, and you, somebody comes in the house, you go up to them and you say, hello, how are you? And, you know, it's not natural for them. It's very kind of stilted, but they do it. And we almost kind of need to back it up and give our, our regular kids, you know, kind of all kids that same kind of training at this point, because they're not getting it in the same natural way that again, kids in the seventies, eighties, and probably even nineties got it now because everything's so tech centric. So everybody has a cell phone. So if, you know, if I want to get my fold of Johnny, I'm going to just text Johnny and say, Hey, I'm outside. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to have to go ask his mom to send him out.
0: Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. So yeah. whose job is it to teach these social skills to our regular kids? I mean,
2: it's, I mean, I think it comes back to being parents. I mean, we've got to kind of take that on as parents to kind of, you know, and, and start young. Like, I mean, I think this starts, you know, I mean, back when kids really want to interact, we've got to kind of keep that going. You know, that when we give our kids the screens, they suddenly kind of everything's about the screen. And so, you know, having that expectation, the younger, the better of, you know, kind of basic social skills. Like we look people in the eye, we address them, you know, and, and letting them practice that, you know, that I know I, my daughter, like, I don't want, I don't want to order like you order for me and like, well, it's not my dinner. So if you want dinner tonight, (laughs) you need to look at the waitress and tell her what you want. What do you think is going to happen? Like, what's scary about telling her that you want chicken nuggets and French fries? Like, do you think she's going to tell you, no, you don't get chicken nuggets? Like, we're at a restaurant. We're, we get what we want. <laughs> so I need you to look at her and tell her that you want chocolate milk, chicken nuggets, and French fries. And, you know, she might be like, you know, oh, chicken nuggets and French fries. And I'm like, sweetheart, she can't hear you. Oh, I've got chicken nuggets and French fries. And, you know, they, you know they'll work with you. But, like, uh-huh. pushing them out of that comfort zone. If I just said, okay, I got it. I'll just order for you. Again, I, I don't let her be uncomfortable, which is hard. It's hard to see her in discomfort. But if I keep doing that, how do I expect my 17, 18, 19 year old to go off and do it? And I know, you know, at 13, food showed up at our house. My daughter was 13. And I was like, "Who ordered food? And she's like, oh, I did. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm sorry, huh? Oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you go on an app and she's a debit card. She ordered food. That's (laughs) awesome did that at 13. Like, I think my parents would have had a, I mean that you couldn't do that when I was 13, but I can't imagine <laughs> what my parents would have said like, no, you'll eat the dinner that we prepared. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> but that's a, that's a great evidence of that, that you, you have empowered her. You've done yes. that intentionality well. Yes. And so she had the strength and confidence to do that. That's awesome. Yep. 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 I'm, yep. I'm thinking about, um, Yeah. When my kids were younger and even my youngest right now, um, she's been in our family about five years in the process of adoption. And so she was not with us in those early years when you have a toddler and you, you begin to teach your toddler those things that it, it is intentional. When you have a toddler, you're like, you know the you know your teacher saying hi say hi to your teacher and you teach them to respond you teach them when someone bends down and says what's your name you teach them to say what their name is you know and um to interact and um that is something that we've it's been surprising how intentional we've had to be because she didn't have that time with us and so still now at nine um, a teacher, a new friend will say, you know, and how old are you? And she'll just kind of shrink back. Like she doesn't want to respond. And I'm, I'm like, it's okay. Can you tell her how old you are? Cause it, a lot of times in the hurry, I want to just go, Oh, she's nine. And yes, I have to yes. look, no, gotta be intentional. Got to be intentional. Yep. It's, it it's more, I have to be more intentional with her than I would for a yes. typical nine-year-old. Correct. Correct. But that's yep. how I should be with all of my children. I'm hearing from you about all these things. Well, I, I, you know,
2: I, am not out here to judge anybody. Like certainly I didn't get everything perfect either. Like we all, it's yeah. a learning experience. We do the best we can with what we have.
0: <laughs> yeah. This
1: is great. Well, but the great longer work.
0: that we do it for our children, the longer we're going to have to do it for our children.
1: Right. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Oh, and especially then. They're not nine, then they're 13, then they're 15, then they're 18, then they're 20, and they're in California and they don't know how to pick up a prescription. Or (laughs) they let somebody bash their car and they don't know about insurance. Yep. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Checklist.
0: Yes. 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 Okay. So you have a free checklist. I love to say I the do. word free um, <laughs> yeah. called the adolescent launching checklist. So talk to us yes. about that. Like what's on it? How did you decide what's on it? Why are those things important? Mm-hmm.
2: So um, a lot of that came out of my own practice and kind of working with teenagers and kind of recognizing the skills that they didn't have, that they would kind of come to my therapy office and be like, you know, oh, I have to do this. And I don't know how to do it. Like help. Like, and so I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm your therapist, I'll help you with whatever you need help with. But like, this kind of doesn't look like a therapy option, but sure. (laughs) Um, So some of it came just from, you know, things that kids would need from me. Some of it came from, obviously, I have a 20 year old. So kind of as I've launched her, um, you know, the things that I think she needed to know. And then I actually reached out to kind of on social media to people like, you know, what do you wish you'd known, you know, before you were kind of sent out of the house? Like, what kind of skills did you not get that you wish you had? And so it kind of came out of a lot of different ways, and so it's kind of broken down into you know, there's financial, um, you know, kind of things kids should know. There's health things they should know about their insurance, about their you know, name, their date of birth, their medical conditions, allergies they have, um, medications they take regularly. Why do they take them? Like they should know all that. Um, and it's funny, I I post on social media some of these things, and I was raised by an RN. My mother was a registered nurse, so you know, we didn't go to the doctor until we were like dying. And so, you know, I understand like you take, you know, Tylenol for this, you know, you take Advil or Motrin for this, you take, you know, naproxen is like a longer kind of Advil Motrin. And I didn't realize a lot of my friends are like, I, I, I don't know how to use all that stuff either. And I was like, oh, that's not like just, I, my mom was a nurse. So, you know, we were using all that because you didn't go to the doctor. So you'd used all that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought, you know, I mean, I taught my daughter, like, here's how you use those. And, you know, Tylenol is a different product than, you know, the Motrin, you know, naproxen, kind of those raspid products. and. You know, so you could take, you know, one of those and a Tylenol, but, you know, don't take more, you know, we kind of had all that discussion and I didn't realize that wasn't necessarily a skill that a lot of adults knew. Um, So then there's um, kind of household things because a lot of parents were telling me their kids like didn't know, like, you know, we don't put aluminum in the microwave and, you know, we don't put like boxes in the oven, which actually my own husband did that and started a fire in our oven. So
0: some (gasps) adults don't know that. Um, I put a Capri Sun in the microwave when I was 11.
1: It was my mom,
0: my mom used to freeze them because we grew up in the South. It was hot. Right. Uh And so she would freeze them, put it in my lunch. And then by the time lunch came around, it was liquid again, but I wanted a Capri Sun one afternoon and it was still frozen. So I threw it in the microwave. Those of you who've never had a Capri Sun, they're made They're It's an aluminum package. Oh dear. I caught the microwave on fire.
1: Oh (laughs) no. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. ouch. Anyway, go ahead. You know, so, you know, <laughs> for
2: kids who don't, who
0: don't, you know, have never really
2: made like a simple meal, you know, that, you know, that they're then just going to order out and that gets expensive. Um, you know, for kids to understand and the financial, like the impact student debt is going to have on you when you graduate. Like, you know, what is your salary expected to be when you graduate? And then what is that student debt going to look like monthly? And are you going to be able to afford to live? You know, that those are important skills for kids to really stop and think about. Um, and so that, and then there was also kind of just some general ones like that kind of had some car stuff and other stuff. So there's d- multiple different sections and then, um, it has over 75 tasks that, and I'm sure there's more, like, I don't think it's all inclusive by any means, but, um, but I kind of came up with the, it came up with 76. Um, cause I had 75 and I was like, perfect. And my sister's like, this is a really important one. And I was like, all right, now I have over 75. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so it kind of so just ta- puts them all out. You talk about laundry, like operating tools in the kitchen.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, So for example, you know, you might be able to use the washing machine and dryer at home, but like you go to college and it doesn't look the same. And like, uh, you know, so like going to a friend's house and like reviewing how their washing machine and dryer and like, it's going to be the same buttons, knobs, you know, types of washes, but it's going to look different at how you set it up. And so being able to like, you know, you're going to your friend's houses, you know, go look at their washing machine. Like, Hey, can I check out your washing machine? Cause I'm learning like, you know, where the different cycles are and stuff. You know, my sister finds at BU kids come in and maybe they know how to do wash at home, but it doesn't look the same at the washing machine and dryer at school. Yeah. So they're lost. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, and generally they, they also get to college. I found this with um, my first and second born, you know, at home, we sorted the laundry, darks, lights, bleach yes. load. <laughs> yes. Yes. College. Everything goes in one load. And oh, that, that cute white blouse I got for you is gray. What happened? Or pink and you're a boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, well, you know, there's, there's how, there's how we learn sometimes, but it is. <laughs> we can be more intentional too. Yes. Most definitely. So you even own- have you have
0: you have grocery shopping items, which yes. is super important, right? I mean, because typically they're they're not doing the grocery shopping for the family,
2: right? But yeah. understanding like where the healthiest foods are, kind of around the outside of the stores, where you're going to find like the healthiest, non chemically foods, um, and so that's going to be kind of your best bet for staying healthy. And then you know also understanding that you know just because it says like oh two for four dollars like, yeah, but it's $2 normally. So like, that's not a big deal. Like, you right. know, like understanding that the kind of the sales, you know, stuff that they do put in and that, you know, the middle kind of your eye level is where they're going to put everything they want you to buy. And it's going to be most expensive. So kind of look up, look down, you know, that don't just buy what you see, because that's not going to be necessarily your most cost effective way.
0: Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you even have car care.
1: That's exactly what I was going to get to, Amy, because I'm like,
0: "Uh oh, guilty. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think that I don't even know how to do the things on this list.
1: (laughs) Not remotely.
0: Nope. Um, Fair enough. And, you know,
2: again, they don't necessarily have to know exactly how to do it, but perhaps how do they get the help then? You know, like it like. I know I'm the oldest, so my dad, I wasn't allowed to drive. So I could change a tire. I could jump the car. Like I I literally was not allowed to drive until I could do those things. My sister came along and they handed her the AAA card. Right. Yeah. She's still, she's like, I have no idea how to change a tire. I've never done that. I can't believe dad made you do that. I'm like, yeah, he, <laughs> s- he literally sat in a lawn chair while I, while I did it myself. <laughs> so, so I have a funny yeah. story.
0: Uh, a few years ago, Terry's car wouldn't start in the parking lot at the office and i said not a problem i will jump you i do know how to jump you because i've done that at some point in my adult life <laughs> but newer cars the engines are covered like you you yeah. pop the hood and there it's like encased now right yes. so you can't even see anything in the engine anymore so i open my car lid my car hood and i have no idea where the battery is how to find the battery how to (laughs) access the battery where it's kept how to even open this stuff so carrie and i are in the parking lot on youtube (laughs) 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 trying to figure out how to find the battery in my car so that then i can jump her car
1: oh
0: my goodness you don't remember that? I, it, it came back to me. <laughs> I mean, we were like two grown women who should like. Yeah. Like, how many letters
1: do we have after our names? Right. Or on YouTube no idea. Figure this out. No idea how to figure it out. So. Anyway. I love that your parents taught that. That your dad taught that to you, though. Again, ah, oh, it's like intentionality. Intentionality. How do you help teens? Ad- teens launch into adulthood. Intentionally um, scaffolding, intentionally yes. leading them. I love what you said at the very beginning. I do, we do, you do. That's yes. that's such a beautiful, um, just just basic educational scaffolding concept yes. that we can be more intentional with our, with our kids about. Mm-hmm. And I've got to <laughs> like, uh, medication stuff. Yeah, so um my daughter was 23, so she's 25 now, second born. She was 23 and going in for knee surgery. I had I was with her heading into it, you know. I went to where she was off in college to be with her. And yep. you know, of course, you know, my gosh, big deal. Um, she's right. going to need surgery. So I'm with her. We're we're, you know, I'm in the room with this was pre-COVID. Yep, yeah, yeah. So, um you know, she's going into the pre op stuff, you know, we're talking to the anesthesiologist. And all of a sudden, light bulb, I realize the anesthesiologist is talking about what they're gonna do. And I had been kind of confused. Well, Adam, I don't, I don't understand why they're doing it that way. She we have um malignant hypothermia in my family. And and my daughter knows this, you know, because we've had my oldest son has had uh, lots of surgeries. But it's been a thing we've talked about, but she just didn't put it together. And I was never intentional about teaching her. And so here she was about to head into a surgery where they're going to do gas, which like can kill you if you have malignant hypothermia. And if it's in your family, it's genetic. You don't do it like it's just it's not done. They have to do propofol or some other anesthesia. And so, oh, my goodness, the anesthesiologist was so mad. I should have known this. We should have had this in the pre-op. You know, they had to delay the surgery. Oh, wow. All these things. Because Amy, just like what you were saying, I missed it. I wasn't intentional. And so I'm sitting there with the anesthesiologist. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My fault. Don't be mad at my daughter. You know, it all worked out. But right. those things are so
2: important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. It is really important. You know, uh, there's so many kids are on medications and you'll ask them like, why are you on that? And they'll be like, know." Oh. like, well, yeah. you know, at 16, you kind of need to know why you're taking medications. You know, like yeah. I really think almost any kid should know why they're taking medications. Cause if we're giving them something to put in their body, they should kind of know why, right? <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, 16, 17, I, I, I I don't know. I take something for my allergies. I don't know. I'm like, well, what are you allergic to? I, I don't
1: know. Uh, yeah. Uh, you kind of need to know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like you said, need to know the difference. What's the difference between ibuprofen and Tylenol? And can we take everything all together and a handful of aspirin and, you know, watch out. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that we really want to be careful with
2: Tylenol. Like Tylenol is something we really want to follow the directions on.
0: (laughs) Well, and you know, if I'm at a friend's house and I'm already on a medication, what can't I take if I've got a headache and that my friend's mom wants to give me something, Right. If I'm on a blood thinner, I can't take Motrin. Correct. Correct. So,
2: and two, if I'm taking a multi symptom cold medicine, can I take something in additional? Because, like, I need to look and see, like, oh, hey, this already has acetaminophen. That's Tylenol. I can't take any more Tylenol then. Like, to be aware that, like, you know, you can see what's in the medications on the box or bottle. You need to be aware of what you're putting in your body. Don't just randomly take, you know, a handful of medications. Yeah.
0: All right. Okay. So this is a super comprehensive checklist yeah, um, yes. <laughs> and you've leveled it. Uh, can do, needs practice, plan to start and accomplished. So can you talk about those criteria a little bit? Yes. So, um,
2: you know, understand that, you know, some of these things your kids may already know, you know, that you don't have to really be intentional about teaching them. They may just kind of already know because they're inquisitive about what medications they take. So if they already know how to do it, obviously skip over it. You know, if it's something that you're like, oh, this is something that I kind of like we need to kind of teach these couple things first. Let's put that off then, you know, let's kind of do it more in order. Um, But kind of looking at, you know, what's the plan to kind of get through these things? And I think, too, to just give you an idea of, again, things you might not have thought of, you know, that was kind of the goal, like to not just think of like, oh, my kid knows how to do laundry. They do their own laundry. Right. But can they do their own laundry in somebody else's washing machine, you know, they know how to do it with the products you give them. What if the products don't look like what you give them?
1: Right. right.
2: So you know, they're borrowing from a friend.
0: How do, how do we use it? How do we how do we use the checklist? Do we just sit down one Saturday morning and say, all right, we're going to have a marathon launch <laughs> checklist day.
2: <laughs> or, I would say probably not because you're going to lose your kid in about five minutes. Okay. <laughs> if that long. Um, I think it's something that as parents and, and I think you can show it to your child. Like it's not a secret like you know something you can kind of hang on the fridge and kind of like hey like these are kind of things that we're going to be kind of you know talking about working on you know I may be asking you to do things that seem kind of crazy you know why would I make you kind of go out and look learn how to change a tire when the tire's fine but like these are skills I want you to know how to do you know I want you to know how to find you know the the book in our car that tells you where the battery is or you know how how much to inflate the tires to or you know kind of just I want you to kind of be aware of this so as we go to the gas station to put air in the tires I'm going to ask you to come with me you know we're going to kind of, oh, I got a flat tire. I'm going to have you come out and change it with me or you come change it or, you know, um, that I may be asking you to do these things that may seem like, how did you want me to do them? Well, I want you to do them because I'm trying to give you these skills for when you're on your own, you know, and that, you, you know, and, and maybe even have your team look at them like, what are these? Don't you know how to do, you know? And they may be like, oh yeah, no, I know how to do, you know, you know, or they may say, wait, what, what's the, what's the thing with micro microwave and metal, I, uh, why, what? what's wrong with aluminum foil? Like, that's a simple, you know, discussion. Well, you know, hey, when I was 11, I put a Capri Sun in and ruined the microwave, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So we don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the way microwaves work, that sparks and we create fires and we don't want fires. Um, I mean, I remember I went to college and um, I was an RA. So I was a resident assistant. I was like a leader in, the, in a residence life. And we had training up the wazoo. And one day there was a small fire in the, in the bathroom of the boys. And so my friend, my, my best friend, I were on duty together and it was like, oh my God, we need the fire extinguisher. So like, she goes against the fire extinguisher and like throws it to me. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with the fire extinguisher. Like I've never used one. And she was like, wait, there's directions. Like, so literally like the trash cans on fire and like, we're like, let's read the directions on the fire extinguisher. And like, we still to this day laugh about that because we were trained in like everything except like how to use a fire extinguisher. (laughs) Is, is know, that so on the like, list? It's. I don't think that is on the list, but it probably should be. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting like
0: here thinking, oh my goodness, yeah, we yeah, should have yeah, that. Need, I need to go. To, I, I need, need to go over you've that. You've got 77 yeah. now, Danica. Yes, yeah.
2: yes. Well, 78 because somebody else wanted me to put on there that I should how to write a check. Um, that's not actually on the list. Um, yeah. But kind of, how often are we really running checks nowadays? Right.
1: Yeah, that's true. That it writing a check now I is I feel like paper. it's that's more of an obsolete. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? There's not a fire extinguisher app on their cell phone. So we still need to learn how to use a fire extinguisher.
2: There you go. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. And they're pretty easy to use. Having had to use
2: one, they are pretty easy. The big ta- the big takeaway is you gotta hold the hose because the hose goes everywhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the lesson I'm hearing here, besides the fire extinguisher, um, is that we don't want to wait until the week before they're leaving for college to start this process.
2: Absolutely not. I I really think this is a process that starts like elementary, middle, into high school. Like this is kind of an ongoing process. Um, And really, I think a lot of the launching stuff starts in middle school, but I'm starting out. So we're starting with the high school kids because we got to start somewhere.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So we need to take a quick break and let Terry read a word from our sponsor. When we come back, we want to hear about your coaching program.
1: Did you know that more than 6 million children in America have been diagnosed with ADHD? Many of them struggle in school because of their condition. But what if I told you that poor attention may not be the primary cause of their struggles? In a research study with more than 5,000 people with ADHD, we found their working memory, long-term memory, and processing speed were less efficient than their attention skills. So an intervention that only targets attention might miss the opportunity to work on those other skills we need to think and learn. Learning Rx can help you identify which skills may be keeping your child from performing their best. In fact, we've worked with more than 100,000 children and adults who wanted to think and perform better. We'd like to help get your child on the path to a brighter and more confident future. Give us a call at 866-BRAIN-01 or visit learningrx.com. That's learningrx.com. And we're back
0: talking to Danika Kopp about how to successfully launch your teenager into adulthood. So Danika, you've got a coaching program for parents. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yes. So I am now coaching parents to successfully launch children they like into the world. So my goal is to not only have your child be successful in the world, but ideally that you remain connected with them and that they actually want to call you when they're away at college. Um, Because I think that's a real critical piece, not only that they're successful out there, but that you still have a relationship with them.
0: Okay, so I have to say I, I I missed the modifier on that for a second. And I thought, oh, it's only for the children that you like, not for the children that you don't like. Now <laughs> I understand that you're saying yes, we you want to like your children when they're adults.
2: <laughs> yes, then I want to help you to <laughs> Yeah, no, we just want kids that we like. We you know the other ones, whatever. Good luck. No, yes, I want you to, li- to be able to have a relationship that your child wants to connect with you you want to be connected with your child that basically as adults you are now connected as friends you know i mean you're still going to be the consultant because you're the parent but that you know you're not the you do you do um and that your child sees you as a resource and as a friend as 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 somebody that they can reach out to who's got their back who cares about them Um, but that it's not one-sided where you're like you know i never hear from
1: you i never hear from you Um, that's my goal (laughs) so looking at go ahead Oh no, I just was saying, yeah, I see that what you're describing, yeah, such a delicate balance because yeah, I mean, I've I I've got friends that have young adult kids that don't want to have anything to do with them. Um friends on both sides of the line kind of where, you know, one friend, she was too controlling. And so even when her kid was in college, she tried to control and do everything and hold on. And now that kid's like get away from me. And then you've got the parent that was like, look, you're in college. Sorry, done with you. I'm, I'm not going to help you anymore. And oh my goodness, what a delicate balance, because we haven't all done it right and been intentional all along the way. And so my goodness, then when we're in that launching, oof, to walk that delicate balance. Absolutely. And I think too,
2: you know, I know, you know, I mean, I came from a, an upper middle class, you know, affluent area, and I mean, I moved back to when my parents are 30, you know, like, I, I mean, as I'm kind of, you know, getting ready to get married and kind of, you know, giving up apartments and trying to buy a house, like, mm-hmm. ah, where am I going to go? Like, okay, mom and dad, can I come crash back in my bedroom? Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, and, you know, when we, we moved out of state and, you know, just the, you know, the crash of 2009 was really hard and my parents helped pay the mortgage on our house in Massachusetts because we were going to foreclose on it. Like, so it's, you know, I don't really think that you ever stop parenting, right? That you know, I, I I was very, very, very fortunate that my parents were able to help me in that way. And I know not all parents can do that, but the idea of like, good luck, you're on your own. I did it is not a helpful way of parenting. Even if you can't financially step in and help, you can still help them brainstorm. You can still be present with them. You can still empathize with their struggle. Right. And, and I think too, on the flip side, when you talk about like, you know, the parents who are helicoptering and trying to come in and, It's like, Oh my God, just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're overbearing and it's too much. And so really kind of looking at, you know, in, in healthy parenting, our children are going to launch successfully and, and we are not going to have them in our nest forever. That's not the goal of a family life cycle. Family life cycle means they go off and create their own family and start a new cycle. And so it's coming to terms with, again, you know, as my daughter began to drive, I only have one. So she's been everything. I've done everything with her. And my husband worked every other weekend. So she and I were buddies. And we've thankfully always gotten along. But I've also been very cognizant to kind of like, this is your choice. I'm here to drive you. But once she started driving, I knew my life was going to drastically change. Because everything I did was about her activities. And now she's going to be taking herself there. She has a car. And so I, as she approached that time, was like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, let me get back into, like, the crafting I used to like to do when she was little and I had time. And like, oh, hey, I love the water. Let me take up kayaking. Like, I was intentional in looking at what are the activities can I engage in? Because I'm going to have more time on my hands. And I don't want to sit there and go, whoa, is me. I don't have my kid. And I also didn't want to overcrowd her, right? I wanted her to be able to fly appropriately. And so I didn't, it wasn't her job to entertain me. Right. And so it's a real kind of re-looking at your life and your relationship. If you still have a partner, we did that too. Kind of like, okay, hey, like, it's going to be the two of us again. Like, ew, do we still like each other? Like, what do we like to do for fun, the two of us? Like, we went through that um, and like, yay. Okay. Whew, we still enjoy each other. We still have you know, things in common. That's good. Um, but there's a real kind of shift in the family as kids begin to launch. And so parents recognizing their own anxieties and worries, and again, wanting their children to be successful, but needing them to do their best, right? And, and fail and allowing that to happen and sitting in that discomfort as a parent, but also recognizing that this is normal. This is okay. And that maybe our moms didn't go through this because they weren't as involved in parenting. Like, you know, my mother never set up a play date for me like a play date like I remember her saying that to me what the hell is a play date Tamika and I'm like oh it's where we get the girls together and they have a play time and she's like yeah no you just went outside and you created a play date on your own there were no like, oh, play dates like what's... <laughs> like that was never a thing and so for my mom like yeah bye-bye like I mean she loved me and she was available to me but like there was no like launching like this was just yeah okay peace out you're an adult now and we're here when you need us <laughs> Absolutely. So good.
0: As so what, well, what does it look like to, to work with you in your coaching yes. program?
2: Yeah. So um, luckily right now, I'm still fairly new. So right now, if you get in, you're working one-on-one with me, but I'm developing modules. Um, so I'm looking at like helping you determine what does success look like? Because for your family, it's going to look different than it does in my family. So really kind of hammering down what what is success going to look like? And then how do you communicate those expectations to your child, right? Because it's one thing for us to be like, oh, he's going to college. Well, what's he going to study? And have you really looked at, like, what they're interested in studying? And then, like, what kind of jobs can they get? So, you know, there are some you can get any academic area and you could still get a job. But, you know, your kid wants to be a CSI because they love that TV show. Like, let's have a discussion about that. Um, so kind of being intentional around what the expectations are. You know, for some families, you know, they get married very young. And, you know, there are some, you know, religions and stuff out there where they you know, they might do a junior college or a year or two, and then they get married and that can be success for them. And that's great. Like, again, whatever success looks like in your family, go, go for that. Um, For others, you know, success is, you know, med school. <laughs> and so, you know, you got a long haul to get there. Uh, um, So being able to identify that and then identify kind of the values that you have around that. And again, that communication with your children, looking at how do you begin to kind of release some of that dis- and again, become that consultant, not that command do and kind of going maybe with some of the checklist items to kind of, how do you make sure your child's prepared? Um, and I think beginning to have those discussions around as your parent, I'm going to start to kind of step back. I, I want to be able to kind of problem solve with you around situations. So, you know, Hey, we're going out to a concert, you know, is that okay? Well, let's talk about that. You know, as opposed to, no, you can't go to a concert it's too late. You know, right. well, I need some more details like who you're going with, who's driving, Where where is the concert? You know, how will you get home? And then, you know, I, I, well, what I would say to my daughter is concerns about that. I was like, it's, a, you know, what happens? Like you're going into D.C. and that, that's, that's a big city. And I'm a little bit nervous about kind of, you know, at 16, you're going into D.C. So let's problem solve. How else can we help? Can I help with this? You know, at 18, I'm going to have less say in that. And so then, but hopefully I've kind of prepared her again all along. Like I might say to my 16 year old, I want you to go to this concert. I'm willing to drive, you know, and maybe is there another parent who would pick up. Um, so kind of not just saying hard nose on things, but kind of like, let's problem solve. You know, these are the concerns I have about that decision. Help me to feel comfortable, you know, as opposed to blanket yeses or nos. Right. And so again, in, and having, bringing up your concerns, you're allowing your child to then also think through, oh, huh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And I want my daughter to be able to go to a party and college and make good decisions because she's had to kind of think through, well, what would mom say about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mom would say her concerns are blah, 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 blah. It wasn't a no. I actually rarely said no to her. It usually was. These are the concerns I have about that activity or these are the concerns I have about, you know, that plan. So help me not be concerned.
0: Yeah. Let's like of- that perspective. <clears throat> Um, you also have a Facebook group. I
2: do. Yes. So I have a parenting Facebook group, um, where you can also, you know, ask questions and I tend to post YouTube videos and so you can suggest topics for that. And so that's all free, you know, obviously working with me, coaching is, has a cost to it, but I have lots of free resources with YouTube, the checklist, my Facebook group. Um, I post on
0: Instagram. So yes. Fantastic. Yep. Well, this has been a great conversation. Um, and Danika, thank you so much for taking an hour out of your busy day um, just to share this wisdom and something that seems so simple, but we just screw up over and over again. Yeah. right? And so I, I just love that we had this conversation about something that we can easily take care of,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Yes. I mean, this is one of those problems that has a really easy solution. Yeah. We just have to know to do it
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, and then take
0: the effort to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah,
2: yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure also.
0: <laughs> so um, we will, if you want to connect with Danika, we will put her social media handles in the show notes along with a link to download her adolescent launching checklist. It is free. Um, Everybody needs this. Are you hearing me? So we will put that link to download it um, and a link to her parenting Facebook group as well. So thank you so much for listening today. If you liked our show, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We are also on YouTube if you want to watch us and follow us on social media at The Brainy Moms. So look, until next time, we know that you're busy moms and we're busy moms. So we are out.
1: See ya. (laughs)